This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So welcome to Practical Spirituality here at Ancient Torah in the old city of Jerusalem overlooking the Temple Mount. Please subscribe to my YouTube page as well as, uh, which is Rabbi Yom Tov, as well as our club, which is YomTovMediaClub.com. Go on to YomTovMediaClub.com and help people see and hear and feel and be touched by the wisdom of Torah from Jerusalem. Shalom, everybody. Today we're going to talk about how to how to love without getting hurt and how to make sure you don't hurt others. So amazingly, we learn so much from the, the Kabbalah's explanation of how God creates the world. Now, how God creates the world is what are called the ten spheres. The whole entire creation comes into being through these ten beams. So meaning God is one, ten is many. And that one is kind of like squeezes itself through. Like It would be like if you had a balloon full of water and then you poke ten holes in it and squeeze the water out. So that, those, ten, those ten spouts is how one becomes many. Because you ever thought about this? How does a one God create a world of multiplicity? How, how do you do that? And so the answer is via the ten spheros. Now, those ten spheres, if the whole world's made of those ten spheres, well, that has a lot of implications. And, and if the whole world's made of those ten spheres, wouldn't you say you should know them? Can anyone raise their hand who knows all ten spheres? Good for you. Anyone else raise their hand they know all ten spheres? So, you need to know all ten spheres. I'm not going to give you all ten spheres today. But you need to know the ten spheres and you need to know which each what each one is. Now, if, I wouldn't mind the next time I teach a class to give you all ten spheres. And if you really want it, I could do it today, but we'll only be able to touch on how to love without getting hurt. So I'll get a showing of hands. Who wants, it, like, the simplest, carefulest, perfect, simple, like, clear-cut ten spheres class? Who wants to know how to love without getting hurt? Uh, you guys win. So, so, so it works like this. You'll at least know, you're going to know four of these spheres, okay? Four you will know. And uh, I think we'll use blue and green. You can see a black here. And so it's like this. There are, um, the two main ones you need to know is there's flow, which is called chesed. I have to use all these different languages here. Chesed, which is flow. And, um, and then we have structure. Um, did I write structure? I'm so sorry. I meant the word limit. Limitation. <coughs> Which is the word Yuhura and the word uh, in Hebrew is written like this, Gevura. Okay? So let's start with this. Chesed and Gevura are how everything exists, but everything. Like, for example, this phone's got a cable. What's, what's the electricity doing? It's, it's flowing. It's Chesed or Gevura? Chesed. electricity's flowing in. But is it flowing in at, like, 1,000 volts? No. Is it flowing in at 220 volts? No. Blow my phone up. 
It's got a little converter over there. That's why we, it's not like a regular plug. When you plug in a USB plug, it's usually a thicker thing because it converts it down to, I don't know how many volts. Anyone know how many volts our phones need to charge? 12 volts, something like that. What? Five volts. Whatever, less volts. You don't want to, You don't want 220 volts going into your phone, that's for sure. You know. Oh, it would charge really quick. <laughs> and then it would be totally unusable for forever. You, you just, how many? Five. Five. Anyway, thanks for, keep Googling things as we go. Always appreciate the Google guy. It was, am- it was amazing, by the way, when, when, uh, when God created Google. It was amazing how honest public speakers had to get. I mean, we, we were like getting nailed all the time. Us age rabbis were a little soft when Google came in. Meaning only when it hit the smartphone level. Meaning once it was in class with us and people had smartphones with Google... Suddenly, we were like, people were raising their hand. Nowadays, you don't see it happen. In those days, people used to raise their hand all the time and just say, Rabbi, I don't know where you're getting your information, but there's about 10 websites in a row that say the opposite. You know, and the rabbi's just like, nope. So, so anyway, we've learned our lessons and sharpened up our, our uh, facts and figures. Now, I'm not the fact figure rabbi, so I didn't have to deal with that as much as some other rabbis. But, uh, but whatever. When I do mention a fact or a figure, I appreciate a Google guy in the room. So, anyway, so what's going in is flow. But what would you call that little box that's taking it from 220 down to 5? What would you call that? Flow or structure? Sorry, flow or limitation? Yeah, it's limiting it down. Bringing it down. Would you say in relationships it's important to have flow? For sure. What would you call love? Uh, limitation or flow? <coughs> For sure it's flow, yeah? But what if you overflow in your interactions with people? People get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say that? You're a funny guy. And that is exactly, it goes all the way. Amazing that love turns to violence. Love turns to violence. Well, it all depends on the receiver, obviously. Which is, you know, that's the whole complication of, of sexual harassment cases. Is he claims, you know, she wanted it. He says, she says, no, I didn't. And, and the craziest thing is that, is that in court, they'll show ten cases where she did have the same exact scenario and was perfectly happy about it. The guy happened to look very differently. <laughs> but it was also the same night she met him. So it was the same exact circumstance, just a different looking guy. You hear what's going on? So it's like, so is he busted? The answer is yes. He is busted because he didn't catch the signals, the no signals. But she wasn't very good at no signals because she's used to yes signals, just with a different guy. And so that, that's why you see these cases are never simple. They're very complicated cases. And this is what, like, this is a good way to get really unpopular during the Me Too era. <laughs> very unpopular. And I'm getting, I only got what I just said from Jordan Peterson, of course, who, who's willing to say stuff in the Me Too era. But he's absolutely right. It, they, it's been proven over and over and over again that the, that the girl fighting that side of the case, you know, against a guy, the answer was yes. Many, many times, and it was proven to be so. And so, and so it's like, now she wants to kill this guy. Now it's character assassination time for the guy who missed the no signals. 
And by the way, those other guys were going to miss all the no signals too. But they, she, you know, she, in the end, there were yes signals. So, you know, they, they also missed the nose. There's nothing like alcohol to help a guy miss nose signals. You know, alcohol turns all the nose into yeses. You know, in the in the bar scene. So, anyway, so love is love is flow, but you better limit it if you want to make sure that love, that flow, is what? Effective. It's got to be effective. Limited too much? That's not very effective. Because you can't even, you don't even sense the love. You don't even sense the flow. Don't limit it at all. You scare people away. People get hurt. You get hurt. That's why most people get burned by their first relationship. That's usually the one that burns the most. They, they didn't know how to limit it. They just didn't know where to put the brakes on. It just felt so good that they just like put their whole heart in before the before the, it was safe to do so. You know, and this is why traditional cultures, including the Jewish culture, meaning the observant Jewish culture, knows that you don't give your heart to nobody without an insurance policy on your wedding finger. If you're not wearing a wedding band, there's no heart given over. No ticky, no washy. Yeah, you know, you're, if you, until you got the insurance policy on your finger, you're not given nothing of your heart, which is a very painful thing. You know, I really think they should roll back the age of girls getting married back to 12 and 14 again. You know, how is it, all you're looking at me like, that's funny. It's not funny. It's true. Go look, go Google that. What's, tell us, what's the average age of marriage in Ghana? Okay, Ghana, Africa. Average age, Mr. Google over there will handle that. Uh, you can go to Iran too, it's the same number in Iran. Yeah, Iran, you know, Iran. Y'all heard of Iran. You know, all those Persian girls we meet, they would have been married, they would be grandmothers by the time they're in university. You know, those girls. And still in Iran, like the Jewish women in Iran get married between 12 and 14. Today, the Jewish girls of Iran, you know, there's a whole Jewish community there. That's when you get married. It makes sense. You know, what kind of guy can afford, what kind of guy can afford a 19-year-old girl? My goodness. I, I, it's expensive. I got, I've got several girls in that range. And oh my gosh. I, I just can't imagine what my bills are going to be in the next week or two before Passover. Because in the observant community, you buy, you buy your Shabbos gear twice a year. You buy it right before Passover. And then each day of Cholamoid, you get to wear your Shabbos outfits each day of the week. You get a brand, you know, another outfit each day. And then you wear that all summer on Shabbos. You know, one outfit at night, one outfit at the day, Shabbos. Each Shabbos, you don't wear the same outfits every Shabbos. Makes sense. Then comes Sukkot, a whole new wardrobe of outfits for Sukkot. You wear the same, you wear a different outfit every night and morning of Sukkot. And then that's your outfits till Pesach, when you get new outfits for Pesach. Did you girls not grow up that way? You grew up that way, didn't you? Yeah. All the observant girls, you guys grew up that way? Yeah. So, so I mean, it depends how from you grew up. If you grew up very from, that's how it goes. You know, especially if you have a big family. Because <laughs> there's no, no one has, and nobody got money for that kind of shopping all year. But uh, certainly once, twi- uh, twice a year, you can maybe handle it. Anyway, no one can afford a 19-year-old girl unless you're married to her. And then you can barely afford her. 
And, and if you're wondering about secular people, they only have one kid, so you can afford it. But when you have a slew of kids, you know, you have a whole uh, cachet of children. The, <laughs> you must marry them off young because they only get more expensive as they go. And who can afford such a thing? And so the answer is you get them married and let someone else afford them. <laughs> That's how it works. Uh, it's been nothing but bad news for you, ladies, that you now have to wait. And you know it's going to screw up your marriage badly if you give your heart before you, give, before you meet your husband and give him your heart, which you're only going to give after the chuppah. Until you meet that man and give your heart, you realize already you're going to screw up your marriage badly if you give your heart to anyone before that. It's clear. You know, you're, you're, the, that guy is going to bed his wedding night with you plus whomever else you let in your heart. I'm not saying you gave him your body, but you at least gave him your heart. And so why should this man, who's just like sacrificed marrying every girl in the world for you, have to share your heart with anybody? I mean, here's the guy who took the plunge. This is the guy who invested. He's the one who went all the way with you. Why should he share your heart with anybody else? But we all know that once you've given your heart to somebody, it don't come back. Now, you might have other, you might have leftover heart. I mean, heart's a big thing. You can have a lot of relationships with a heart. But, meaning, there's, there's always shirayim. There's always leftovers. By the way, I mean, can I just ask you, is that a new outfit, that top you're wearing? My wife told me that all the tops being offered this year for the girls are hippie style. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? Have you been to shops? Have you guys noticed that? It's gone kind of hippie now for the from girls. Yeah. I didn't know that. This is all news to my wife as well. And so it's, I'm really psyched that all my daughters are going to be dressed as hippies at the Passover Seder. I mean, this is going to be, this is going to be a really cool Seder. Yeah, but... <laughs> These designers, I mean, it's such a conspiracy. Because think about it, once everything goes hippie, none of your outfits are going to work. You know, you're going to have to, and you're not going to save your outfits because when are you going to put it in a suitcase and like in storage? So that, those clothes go in somewhere and, and then they'll just drop the hippie thing like a hot potato in like three years from now. And none of your outfits work again. It's crazy. So, um, by the way, the, all the compliments on your hippie outfit. So, what was I? Someone just was saying something. Did, did, was it me saying something? You had a question. Yeah, um, what about Sidney for a guy? Like, um, Same thing, no difference. He'd give his heart to like, yeah. Big time. Yeah, except guys can't be trusted with this subject. Girls could say no. <coughs> All I'm telling the girls here is say no. Yeah, the guys need a cold shower, for sure. They should be taking a cold shower. But but as long as girls say no, we're in good shape. So, anyway. You got, you got the idea of flow and limitation here when it comes to relationships? Now, you need to know two more spheres. Two more spheres. And the next sphere, and by the way, you're all already be, you're already going to be four out of ten. Which is almost half the spheres you have. Okay? So, everyone's got these two. Um, and, oh, remember before I said everything's going on this way? And then I got the, I've given two examples so far, relationships, and then I spoke about the power and the cable and the, you know, the power here. So, uh, what would you call the glass bulb that these lights are coming through? What's the bulb? Uh, limitation or flow? Limitation. 
Limitation. What about the filament that's shooting the light out? Flow. That's flow. You get that? When this, um, when this, these walls that have these, this wallpaper on it, this really cool kind of psychedelic paisleys or whatever these things are over here. When those were peace goods, when those were like, you know, just in rolls, would you call that flow or limitation? Flow. Flow, for sure. And then when they cut it for these panels, what would you call that? Limitation. limitation. This glass was molten glass over here in our windows. Yeah? This glass uh, for the window here, was this was molten glass at one point. Flow or limitation? It went into a mold. What's that? Limitation. It's literally every single thing. This was a tree here. This was a tree. See the grain of your table? Floor limitation. Flow. And then they chopped it down. Limitation. And then planed it. Limitation. The metal inside the frames of these were... these. This was molten metal in, in inside of something that limits it. And it's also now, now it's, but then it finally became a frame, which limits the table from falling on the floor. Or, yeah, it's limit. Stops the table, holds the table. Anything you will ever look at, everything you will ever see is going to be flow and limitation. There is nothing else. And female is limitation and male is flow. Say no more. Okay? But that, but this is happening absolutely Everywhere, and you yourself have flow and limitation going on all the time. You have tubes in your body which are flow. You have ducts that valves that close and open, which are limitation. For example, you have a esophagus, and then there's a there's a muscle down there called it's a it's the esophagus sphincter that that only allows food down, but will not let it up unless, of course, someone's ill. So God created it that it has the ability to, to release poison if someone were to be poisoned. And of course, people with heartburn is someone whose sphincter has lost, their sphincter muscle has lost its, its um, strength. And so it's not closing properly. And so the gases of the foods coming up, or even the food itself, if they're in a more severe case of, uh, of that, which is an emotional disease, by the way. It's something that you can work on emotionally and cure. Uh, but if someone doesn't work on the emotions, they're going to be stuck on... Uh, uh, antacids for the rest of their lives. And doctors will tell you that it's incurable, but when you deal with the emotions that are causing that that syndrome, and if you're wondering what that emotion is, in case someone's watching this who deals with heartburn, um, the emotion is, um, I'm sure there's more than one, but one for sure is um, is um, uh, is uh, rejection, but specifically in a public kind of public like more like character assassination style, meaning I mean you're being called out in a public kind of way. Uh, maybe you've put yourself too far out on a limb, career-wise, or maybe you've made some moves uh, that have left you feeling <laughs> very exposed. And then, of course, someone came to like, you know, so to speak, kill you. At least your uh, what's the word? Your your uh, reputation that you feel your reputation's not just on the line, but under attack, that will, uh, that is a, uh, one of the lead causes of acid indigestion. And that, in other words, the sphincter will lose its, uh, its strength. And so, yeah, but, but simply by, 
doing the inner work to overcome the uh, that emotional state of you know panic because it's really a panic state, which is why it hits that area. Um, that panic state of having one's reputation destroyed is, um, which could be just a fear of it, but that it will the strength of that muscle will return. It will get back its strength, and the acid indigestion will go away. Okay, so that's flow and limitation. Now, the next character trait that we need to know is called... Um, the word literally is beauty. The word's literally beauty, but it's not really beauty. There's no real translation for it. But in English, it's called... In Hebrew, it's called tiferes. Um, I guess now I'm doing Hebrew up here. Tiferes. And... And the word Tiferis, it doesn't mean balance, but you'll see that its function is balance. Okay? But it really means beauty. And, uh, and it doesn't actually have an English translation at all. But, but maybe functionally it works with balancing. But now I'm going to tell you what Tiferis is. Let's practice this word, by the way. Everyone say Tiferis. If you're Sephardic, you can say Tiferit, which is fine. Um, so, so far we got Chesed. Everyone say Chesed. Gavua and Tiferes. So Tiferes is a very simple thing. What Tiferes does is it looks down at the... Uh, maybe I'll put a circle around each just to cover it. So what, that, what happens is Tiferes looks down at the tenth attribute, which is called, uh, which is called Malchus, which is the recipient... Okay, which is the word malchus, which in English is like this. If you're Sephardic, it's fine to say malchut, probably better. And what happens is Tiferes looks, let me make an arrow in green, it looks to malchus. Malchus tells Gavura how much gavura to use to make sure that the flow is flowing. Okay? So, I'll, make, I'll explain that super quickly. Um, this is the recipient of, let's say, love. So, I want to make sure that I'm being loving to every single person I meet. How loving? What's that going to depend on? <coughs> What's that depend on? Depends on them. How loving I'm going to be to any person is going to depend on the receiver of the love. And when I meet that person, it's going to tell limitation or gavura how much limitation would be the appropriate amount of limitation so that the love flows. That I'm loving is a given. I'm going to be loving to everybody. I'm going to be loving to people I don't even like. And what I'm going to do is look at that recipient and then limit it exactly the right amount so that the person that I'm loving receives it not just once, but forever. So, for example, there are men in this classroom who, you know, if I were to say hi to any of these, if I were to say hi to any of these men in here, so let's say I meet this meet this man here. What's your name? Ali. Ali. Shalom, Ali. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. 
seem like a nice guy. My name is Yamato. So I meet Ellie. We're cool, right? Um, I hope it wasn't too much to shake your hand. But it's almost never too much to shake a man's hand. You know, ah, once in a while you meet a man who's like, you can see the guy's just got major social anxiety, and you'd do better, it'd be better to just say, nice to meet you, so you don't, like, freak him out, because you can tell this guy's, like, freaking out for some reason. He's got serious social anxiety. Now, if I'm meeting this lady over here, hi, what's your name? Rachel. Rachel, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Now, what did I do? Did I shake her hand? No. Now, would it have been appropriate? Would have been inappropriate. Who was the recipient when I met this guy? What's his name? Ellie. Ellie. When I met Ellie, what was appropriate? A handshake. Now you see my hands on a shoulder. What am I being right now? What am I being right now? I'm being loving. Yeah, I'm being loving. When it came to Rachel, when it came to Rachel, she got a bow. No offense. No offense. But the but the recipient the recipient's a woman, and in Judaism we're really careful between when it comes to flow and limitation. We're really careful to always make sure we're in tiferet. Tiferet's the goal. You want to always make sure you're living inside tiferet, and tiferet is to keep the flow and the structure balanced in the way that you can actually have an ongoing relationship. Because when I'm loving, I'm loving forever. Like, you can, you can come to me 20 years from now, Ellie, and I'm going to treat you like a king, man. And Rachel, you can meet me 20 years from now, and I'm going to treat you like a queen. Had I shook your hand, you're never coming back. You'd be like, that was so inappropriate, that was crazy. Had I not shaken your hand, you'd also be like, oh, yeah, I met Rabbi Glazer, but it was a little awkward, because, like, I stuck out my hand, and he just kind of left me hanging. Now... You getting what's going on here? How do you love without getting hurt? The way you love without getting hurt is that you always check out your recipient and make sure the recipient is comfortable. And people are given all kinds of signals with body language and stuff. Gender is an easy one. Don't touch. That's simple enough. You know, the, the, every, every recipient's giving signals of what is the appropriate amount of flow. It tells how much you should limit. And then all your relationships are at the... Are you ready for this? All your relationships are at the peak of love. Peak of connectivity. My relationships are peak connectivity. All the time. They're always at peak connectivity. Because the second someone trusts me more... Like, for example, a student... Like, I get... You know, I have students at age. And so, like, uh, Yosef, you're here for the year? So he's here for the year. We met... I mean, we might have met before, but I feel like we met yesterday because we had that whole interaction. So, so I promise you this guy's going to be getting a hug within like a month or two. We're going to be in hug mode. Because shaking hands would be less than where we're at. You get what I'm saying? Like, and I'm always at peak. I'm at peak relationship with everybody. And so he's going to be hitting hug mode. Rachel, you're, you're not even getting handshaked. I don't care if it's 20 years from now. Yeah, you can marry my son, and I'm not shaking your hand. Yeah. <laughs> you understand? Like, 
the peak will always be that I will be available if you need me. I'm going to, you know, I'm there for people. I'm really going to be, you know, totally there for people. But the amount of interaction is always going to be limited in a way such that it will last forever. Peak amount lasting forever. Nobody gets hurt. That's a very respectful way to deal with people. It's a very, you get how respectful it is? Because what's the whole basis of everything? What's the basis of all of this? Recipient. So you're always testing the water of the recipient to see if they... Is this, is this appropriate? Is this appropriate or not? Is this person someone's wife? Is this person going to be someone's wife? You know, the... the, the is this, has this person been hurt before? Let's say, I mean, thank God, Yosef's from a good space. But let's say, God, you mind if I use an example? Let's say, God forbid, you had been hurt before. Yeah, there was some kind of trauma that took place where there was betrayal involved. So you, you trusted someone, you got hurt. And so my job would be to sense that and not get to the hug stage for, another, for five months. Remember I mentioned two months? So if he had been hurt, I'm going to move, push that out to five months. Because the recipients, the recipients been through stuff. And therefore, I'm going to slow down. What's peak love is going to be on a much slower schedule for someone who's been hurt before. You get that? You get how that works? So, so my recipient here can't handle what on another person two months is the right schedule. For that person, it might be five and this also goes for people who marry people with trauma. It's like, you know, you'd think like, okay, you know, we're married, man. There were like 300 witnesses. Give me everything, you know, give me your heart. But pers- a person who has suffered trauma is, is they, they, what their mind knows, i.e. that they're married, their heart doesn't get yet that they're saved. And it's going to take time, and that's okay. But you give them the space until, until they're ready. You know, you can't force a rose to open up its petals. You, know, you have to, you have to give that rose a sense that it's in the right environment to get vulnerable like that and open up its petals to you. Kaliv, um, can you do me a favor? I just had my guitar like right outside the door there. I just want to show another example of this. Um, it was right out there. You can probably find Nekemeyer somewhere in one of these rooms. Oh, it's there. Oh, Thank you. Thank you so much. So, um, I'll just give you an example of T. Ferris. Everything I've done here, remember I said this is going on in all, thank you so much, it's going on in all things at all times. So watch this. You're, gonna, you're not going to believe, because you're all, right now your minds are kind of in relationship mode. So watch this. Check it out, man. Someone's going to invent a guitar case one day. They don't have to do a full yogic position to get your guitar case open. I almost like don't play my guitar sometimes because I'm like in the middle of teaching and then I'm going to... Thank mm-hmm. you. 
tune it right now. But the, uh, it's tuned enough. Now, you ready for chesed? Let's do chesed. Now, you see the string oscillating? Can you guys see the vibration of that string? Okay. That string's in full oscillation right now. Okay, now I'm going to put all the strings in full flow. Okay? I'm going to let them all do their ultimate maximum oscillation. Now, look, there's a bridge here. That's a bridge right there, that white bridge. And then there's a bridge here. And the strings now, those are the bridges. And so they hold the strings based on the tuning of the knobs. Can you help me with that, Mr. Text, please? So they, they bridges. Thank you, sir. So the bridges are holding that string at a certain oscillation factor. Okay, like for example, this one's 440 oscillations per second. You see the vibration? That's oscillating at 440 oscillations per second. Now, here's each of the strings in full oscillation. Tell me how it sounds. Nice? Is that Tiferis? Not Tiferis. What is it? Chesed. Is Chesed good or destructive in this particular example? Yeah, it's destructive. Chesed's destructive in almost every example. We already discussed relationships, how dangerous that could be. Um, how about a tsunami? What attribute is a tsunami? It's chesed. Normally there's a shore, there's a shoreline that keeps the water at bay. And, and the balance between the oceans and the cities on the coastline are, you know, the recipients, obviously, the city. <coughs> and the, the balance is like, it's in Tiferes. That's why we love beach towns. It's like you got this powerful thing and then this vulnerable city and everything's fine. Except sometimes Hesed goes crazy and the Gavur doesn't know what to do with itself. It's a total power surge of water. And, you know, 600,000 people were killed a couple of years ago in Southeast Asia when that happens. Hesed's always destructive. Gavura is important to make sure Hesed's actually effective. Tiferis is what contains all of this. Now, just remind me of the word faucet later, okay? After. Okay, now this is for flow. Nice or yucky? Yucky. Okay, who's the recipient in this room? You are. You're the recipient. So you guys are mouthless right now. You're the recipient. And and so I look at this crowd, so I see it's a pretty young crowd. Therefore, something loud and rocking might be appropriate. And then I take my fingers and make a new bridge. I'm rebuilding bridges here. You see how this bridge holds the strings? But if I put my fingers here, it's also pretty yucky. But if I add these ones, maybe this one too. So now I've limited the flow of the strings to a certain oscillation. <coughs> based on the recipients of the room who maybe just want to meditate. And so I'm allowing the E to flow. It's kind of like a drone holding down the bottom. get beauty because I'm looking at the recipients I'm saying oh I'm leading a meditation today okay 
so I'm limiting that flow based on these little temporary bridges that I'm building with my left hand, limiting the flow based on the recipient, and then you hear beauty. But it might be we're in like a more aggressive mode. That would be appropriate sometimes. Sometimes that's appropriate because we're gonna like get some aggression out. Music like moves us all kinds of ways, so we gotta like get some aggression. Yeah, try this. Everyone, repeat after me, especially the men, so the ladies can do a little bit. Ready? Look into our people. Look into our. Let's try it again. Go loud, seriously, so this comes out cool. Here, you know what? We'll do it like this. Now I'm gonna really get you guys. Didn't flip. Okay, ready? I don't know where to stand now. Uh, you're, you guys are my choir, right? Look into our people. Look into our people. Take a little time. Take a little time. To be a new beginning. Or the end of the line. were carved in stone single greatest gift mankind would ever see here in a dream we're cast not to take you alone and you gave us a working world to show your love eternally given the precious connection we have the opportunity passing it on Forever look into our people, take a little time, take a little time, be the end of the line, the end of the line. That's it for now, the guitar. <laughs> Anyway, but I think you're getting the picture that there's like Hessen Gavur going on everywhere, but you want to be in Teferis. So like you're a nice young crowd, you like the end of the line song maybe, you know, maybe that, that works for you. Um, uh, can you give me a time check by the way? Oh, what? It's after four? Yeah. No way. I'll get the yeah, well I was just going to give the faucet example is the faucet. When you're, let's say you've got a garden of newly planted vegetation. So the recipient's newly planted vegetation. The knob is Tiferis. The valve inside the faucet, which has an aperture, it either opens all the way or closes all the way. That's what? That's Gavura. And the, what's always there? Just like love, it's always water. there. The flow of the water. Now, you, you, when you plant seeds, you don't want a ton of flow because it'll wash away the earth and, and everything's going into the gutter. That was no good. If, you've got, um, if, you've got, if your seeds have already taken root, so pump in some more water, like turn it up because the recipients are well-grounded. They're well, you know, they've, they've reached, they're, they're getting, they're uh, solid, you know, they're, 
rooted. Now, um, I just want to mention one more thing, is that when people, some people have these damaged, their flow or their um, limits were damaged. So, so some people have to be working, people have to heal sometimes, these two things. Flow and, flow and limitation have to get healed sometimes if there was damage there. People's limitation can be damaged, people's flow can be damaged. So we spoke about before heartbreak from having put one's heart into a relationship before they got a wedding band on their finger. So now they're, they're going to have limitation way high, even though they finally married somebody, but limitation's way high and flows at a low because of the, because of the damage done there. So you, you also got to be wary of damage there. Um, I just want to mention that this class, well, just a couple things. One is please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, secondly is to join the club, the um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take everyone in the club to Hawaii for, for like half a year. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do for the club, but I will do something. And, uh, and the, uh, but the, uh, please join the club, uh, Rabbi, uh, what is it called? Yom Tov, Yom Tov Media Club dot com. Please join the club. And also lastly is, um, lastly is, oh, two more things. I feed families every Pesach. So anyone would like to help feed the families. But specifically today is, for us guys, is this rabbi comes and brings food to a family every week. So he comes on Thursdays and this class feeds the family. So if you got change, it'll buy drinks. If you have something that folds, it'll buy fish or meat or whatever. And uh, it's a really nice thing to do. And you go into Shabbos knowing you help feed a family. So that's the rabbi. He'll, he'll help with that. And anyone who would like to help families in Jerusalem, they're literally already knocking on my door for Passover because they've got to... And you think a family of 10, it doesn't matter how good the kid, the guy's job is. He could run a school. He could be working in a school. He could be doing any kind of job. Good luck affording 10 new pairs of shoes. You understand? Once, once he's bought every kid their shoes because they've just worn them, you wear the shoes from Sukkot all the way to Pesach, the kids are growing. So there's no, every kid needs shoes. That's 10 pairs of shoes. That's already his entire month's salary is those shoes. That's before he bought matzah or anything else for that matter. So you, you got the idea? So, so please, uh, please everyone kick down for uh, helping out families in Jerusalem. You should know I give more generously when people come to me for Pesach. I give more generously for people who are trying to help themselves. Um, it's probably my mistake. Maybe I should be helping people who don't try to help themselves too. But I generally help people who help themselves. And so, but again, I'm really helping people who are trying to help themselves. It's just that who can afford this? And so we're pumping it out, building the settlement of Israel. And the way we help build Israel is by helping these families make Pesach. So please feel free to join in the campaign, feeding families for Pesach. Shalom, everybody. Shalom. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.